G'day, I'm Ian Swain and welcome to another episode of G'day with Ian Swain. Over the past weeks we've met some great characters and today is no exception. We're heading to a game reserve located in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, north of Port Elizabeth. Most guests fly into Port Elizabeth to get here, but a sensational way is to drive the garden route from Cape Town along the stunning coast and end here with an exciting game drive. Charter flights are also available from all points in South Africa to their private airstrip. Of course, I'm talking about Shamwari Private Game Reserve, a malaria-free reserve, which is important for many travelers. And welcome to Theo Cromhout, the manager, Shamwari Private Game Reserve. G'day, Theo. Hey, Ian, how are you doing? Good to be with you. I appreciate your time and look forward to sharing your views of Shamwari and telling us a little bit more about Shamwari and the exciting changes that have occurred over the last uh, the last 12 months. Theo, Shamwari features eight different styles of accommodation throughout the reserve. It means you can stay here and experience lodge and tent style accommodations in four and five star comfort. Personally, I've stayed at Eagle, Eagles Crag and Beatty. Perhaps Theo, you can elaborate on the key difference between the iconic experiences our clients can have while here with you and which combination of multiple lodges work best. Yeah, Ian, that's a, that's a great question. Um, if you had have asked me that question two years ago, it probably would have been a little bit easier. Um, but the last two years, we've pretty much reinvented the entire Shamwari Private Game Reserve. Um, when I say that, it means we've refurbished, um, we've done a major refurb on two of the eight lodges. Uh, we've done a significant rebuild of the flagship uh, Longley Manor, which took place over the course of a year and which opened up in December of last year. And then we also rebuilt, uh, we built a brand new Sandile luxury tented camp. So effectively, um, and we've also done a soft refurb in one or two of the other smaller lodges. So effectively, um, the Shamwari of two years ago is very, very different to the Shamwari of today. Um, but today we've got um, we've got a wonderful portfolio of lodges and uh, a lodge and an option pretty much to cater for anyone. Um, within the 25,000 hectare reserve, uh, we've got, as you mentioned, eight lodges um, and each very unique and very different in its own special way. Um, we're in the south of the, of the reserve. So where I'm now talking to you, I'm in the uh, family suite of the new Longley Manor. And we'll talk a little bit about Longley Manor a little bit later on. Um, apart from to say it is the original flagship of, uh, of Shamari. Um, most of your uh, clients would remember that old pink building. I don't know if you remember it. I do. Um, I'm fortunate to say it's, uh, it's no more pink, um, which everyone is delighted about. Uh, we got rid of the pink um, and the, the property took, uh, undertook about a one-year one facelift and reopened in December of last year. So we're very proud of Longley Manor. And that's why I start off with Longley because that was the original lodge that uh, started off with Shamwari almost 30 years ago. Um, moving on to the next property, uh, you mentioned you stayed at Eagles Crag, Ian. Um, also uh, completely different. Um, that was the first lodge that we did a, a six-month refurbishment on in 2018. Um, and that is completely new. Uh, we redid all of the freestanding units. Um, as you know, they're nine private uh, suites, each freestanding, each in its own little house effectively with its own entrance, its own plunge pool, its own deck. Um, and that uh, has been completely redone. 
um, the main section of the lodge also completely redone. When you were there, you would have dined on the bottom floor. We've raised everything up onto a deck now that stretches out over, over the bush. It is quite spectacular. Uh, the look and feel is a very modern, contemporary African feel, um, but it's very much catered towards couples, honeymooners, and uh, people that are traveling with our children. Uh, you also mentioned Bayeti. Um, that's also one of our more popular lodges. It's a, it's a luxury tented camp. Um, so effectively, all of the rooms are luxury five-star, except they tents. Uh, and we last year started a, a refurbishment program on Bayeti. So we built one prototype um, and then we've got hit by COVID. So uh, that's been placed on hold, but we'll come back and refinish uh, the other 11 probably within the next year or two. Um, that uh, is also for a wider spectrum of guests, obviously if I, uh, couples, but also we do get quite a lot of families staying there as well. In the north of the reserve, uh, you've got Lobangula. Uh, that's one of the old lodges, very small private lodge. It's only got six suites, so it can sleep 12 people. Um, we think it's going to be very popular in the new post-COVID world, purely from the point of view, you mentioned uh, earlier, multi-generational travel. So we're finding that uh, we're getting a lot of inquiries for people from guests that are wanting to take a whole lodge on an exclusive use basis. So Lobangula in the north will be ideally suited to that. Um, back in the south, uh, we've got our Cirilli, uh, which is, again is a, effectively a villa in the middle of the bush, a, a beautiful big house, uh, a lodge in the middle of the bush. Um, and that'll also be offered on an exclusive use basis. So you won't book one room or two rooms. You'll have 10 people, a family with grandparents and or both sets of in-laws, and you'll take the whole of Cirilli Lodge. You'll have your private uh, chef, your private game ranger, your private host, and you can pretty much come and go as you please. Um, then the next lodge, I've, I've done Lobangula. I've spoken about Eagles Crag, Bayeti. Riverdine. Excuse me? You got Riverdine. Riverdine. That was the next one. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, I know you're wanting to chat a bit more about family travel later, but Riverdine was the second lodge that we did a complete refurbishment on. And with that, we opened up... Uh, obviously take it with a pinch of salt because I'm, I'm the general manager here, but it is quite an extraordinary product. Um, it is, uh, I think it's completely unique um, and there's nothing like it in South Africa, if not on the continent of Africa. And what I'm referring to, obviously the bespoke kids facilities, the adventure center that we've built. Um, all I'm going to say for the moment when we revisit it later is that I, I always get a chuckle when families check in there because I don't know who's more excited mom and dad or the kids um, the kids because they're going to play in the adventure center or mom and dad because they're going to finally get some downtime um, because they know the kids are going to be looked after by the rangers and the babysitters but riverdine is something special and absolutely right uh, we've developed a, a family program specifically for children right down to the age of two three four years old um, where the rangers the the child minders the professional babysitters really make an experience for the children, not just for mom and dad. Um, and then of course, we, we rebuilt, uh, we built a new luxury tented camp, which I have to say, Ian, um, you, you're not supposed to have a favorite child. I've got three children, so I always watch my P's and Q's. Um, but I have to say that the new Sandile luxury tented camp that we built from scratch starting May last year, it opened up in December, is quite extraordinary. Um, that's got nine individual luxury freestanding tents, each with their own 
private plunge pool, um, each with uh, their own outdoor shower, each is freestanding. It's very private, very intimate. Every one of the luxury tents, especially after the last three or four months, um, has really been overgrown by the natural vegetation. So when you arrive at the, at the camp, uh, you arrive at a central lodge area with its restaurants and bar and a reception area. You're then taken to your tent and that's probably the last we'll see from you because you don't really need to leave the tent after that for apart from game drives, uh, maybe a bushwalk or a spa treatment or any of the other activities that we offer at Shamari. So yeah, that's, that's the spread. Um, oh, I beg your pardon. Uh, there is one last one. We, we chatted about Explorer Camp earlier. Um, Explorer Camp is basically a highly luxurious camping experience. Uh, there are three tents. Um, you sleep in the tent uh, on a deck. Uh, you're there with two rangers for three days and you don't see or hear from anyone else. You do bushwalks. Uh, all the food you eat is, is prepared off flames and around the fire. Um, it's a very interactive experience. It's basically six guests, two rangers, and a chef. That's it. Um, but people love it. It's a, it is a remarkable experience. So if you take the 25,000 hectares of Shamwari Private Game Reserve, um, uh, people often ask us, what does that look like? So what I say to them is if you start at one end of the fence and you walk all the way around, you'll walk for 140 kilometers before you get back to where you started. So we are the largest private game reserve, one of the largest private game reserves in South Africa. And within it, those eight lodges are the various different accommodation options that we offer clients from all over the world. Tell me, when you do the renovations you've been talking about, do you take into consideration ways of changing the camps so that you can get previous guests returning again to have something different or a different experience? Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, in, the in, the, in terms of Longley, uh, if we look at our guest history a lot, we have a very high repeat guest ratio at uh, certainly Bayeti and at Eagles Crag. So obviously Eagles Crag reopened at the end of 2018. So we've been operating now for a year and a half. And many people that stayed at the old Eagles Crag absolutely love the new Eagles Crag. It really is being taken to a next level. So you still get a very private, intimate feeling. The location, you're, you're deep in that, uh, that crevice um, with these towering cliffs all around you. Um, the bar, the dining areas, uh, the fitness center, the whole lodge, um, I, I'm reluctant to use the word modernize, um, but it has been elevated to a whole new level of luxury uh, in terms of the fitness facilities. The, we did a, a, a facelift on the spa. Um, Notably, what everyone has commented on is the difference in the food and beverage offering that we, we have. Obviously, we spent a year and a half training all 80 of our chefs, implementing new menus, implementing new wine lists, implementing a new coffee and tea experience. So from that point of view, while people have embraced the change, certainly at, uh, at Longley, at Eagles Crag, um, I think the same definitely applies to Riverdene, purely from the point of view that the facilities that we've created there for children as well as pretty much gutting all of those old buildings and then rebuilding the Riverdean purely with a family in mind and with multi-generational families traveling together in mind. Um, so that's been, uh, that's been a raging success. Um, I mean, people are really blown away when they see the new, uh, the, the, the new Riverdean. Um, in terms of Longley Manor, um, that's been very interesting because obviously it, was very, it had a very colonial look and feel. 
Um, it was very popular with the US market, um, actually less popular with the US market, more popular with the UK market. Um, why I'm saying that is when I had Amanda and Rita join us um, to come and see the new Longley at the end of last year, uh, they felt that uh, the new Longley Manor would definitely open up a new market in the US, purely from the point of view that it's, very, it's a lot more modern and contemporary. Um, it's got wonderful spa facilities. The location and the, the changes that we've made to the layout of the actual lodge around the grounds, um, all of the rooms are a lot more private, a lot more intimate, but we've kept the old character of the manor house, which dates back almost 100 years. So to answer your question directly, of all the people that have stayed here before and stayed here and ex experienced the new Shamwari Lodges, we've only had one family complain that they weren't happy with the fact that Longley Manor was no longer pink. And um, I was happy to take that on the chin. It was a bit strange having a pink building in the middle of the bush, though. Tell me, yeah. tell me, what does a typical day look like at Shamwari, or, or is there a typical day at Shamwari? Yeah, that's a great question, um, Ian. Uh, no, there's not a typical day because I think uh, there's no such thing as a typical guest because every single guest and every, every single customer is different. They expect different things. They want different things. And uh, so the way we like to say, the way we like to approach the art of hospitality at Chamari is you do things on your own time. Uh, yes, typically like any other private game reserve, we offer a morning game drive and an evening game drive. But to answer your question, uh, you'd get a wake-up call um, around 5 or 5.30, depending on what time of the year it is. Obviously, the sun comes up later and it's colder in winter. Um, you'd then go through to your bar uh, or dining area in whichever lodge you're at. You'd meet your game ranger for some wonderful coffee, um, some rusks and uh, just something to take the edge off in the morning. And then off you'll go. You'll go on a three-hour game drive. Uh, during that time, you'll obviously stop and have a, a drink, a, a coffee break um, in the middle of the bush. Um, perhaps you've asked for a, uh, a private bush breakfast, which we arrange. So sometimes we, we're delighted to surprise our guests when they come around a corner and we've prepared a beautiful breakfast for them in the middle of nowhere. And then you carry on on your game drive. You normally get back to the lodge by about 9, 10 o'clock, depending on what sightings you've seen. Uh, if you haven't had breakfast, you'll go through to the dining room and you'll enjoy a breakfast. Then you've got that period between your morning game drive and your afternoon game drive. So what do you do? Um, and that's where we leave it up to you, uh, uh, the guest, to decide what you want to do and when you want to do it. Obviously, we've got a lot of other activities. I know we're going to chat about the Born Free Foundation a little later on, as well as our Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. Um, which was built uh, last year or completed last year. We opened it in May or June. Um, so those are two experiences which are unparalleled. Um, again, I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about them later, but each one of those, we, we take our guests to the Wildlife Rehab Center or to the Born Free um, and offer the, those experiences. Uh, apart from that, um, if you're into photography, then your ranger can take you on a, ga on a game drive and can teach you how to take the best wildlife photography. If you're into bird life, you can do that. Um, one of the other very, very popular activities is going on a bushwalk. Um, obviously, our rangers need a very specific qualification to, that enables them to take you on foot walking through the bush. I mean, we are a big five reserve, so you've got predators. So you can't just put on your hiking boots and go, and go through, go on a bushwalk. You can't just do that. Um, but that must be one of the most exhilarating 
uh, adrenaline pumping um, experiences. You really have not lived until you've taken to the bush on foot and had a herd of elephant maybe 50 meters away or amongst a journey of giraffe or come around a, a bush and, and seen a white rhino. I mean, it really is exhilarating. So there's that. Um, and then, of course, we can take you into one of the two local communities. A lot of guests like to go and see uh, the town of Patterson and the town of Alistair. Obviously, Alistair being in the north of the reserve, Patterson being in the south. Um, they liked, uh, a lot of guests like to see uh, what life is like for the communities outside of the reserve. And then, of course, um, we've obviously got each of the lodges have got state-of-the-art health, fitness, gym facilities. And, of course, we're very proud of our team of spa therapists. Um, so you can do a spa treatment, you can go on a bushwalk, you can go birding, you can go on a photographic tour. Um, one of the other new activities here at Longley Manor is we have built the most, or planted, the most spectacular kitchen garden. Um, and obviously we planted it three months before the lodge opened. Uh, we found ourselves within a week of opening Longley Manor in November, December of last year, we would be taking a guest by the hand with a basket and the chef they would walk through the gardens, they would forage a whole lot of herbs and leaves and vegetables that the chef would then prepare for their lunch or for dinner later that evening. So that's inadvertently become one of our more popular activities is to go foraging through our kitchen garden with the chef. So that's a typical day. And then at the end of the day, obviously, you're meeting in the, one of our bars or one of the dining areas, you're meeting up with your game ranger, and then you're going on an afternoon game drive. Uh, which is not complete without one of our signature Moby Bar gin tasting experiences. So two hours into your game drive, as the sun is setting, we'll um, make sure we land up at one of the most breathtaking spots somewhere on the reserve, and uh, we'll unpack our Moby Bar, and we'll do either some wine tasting or pour a few gin and tonics, and that just adds to your afternoon game drive, and then you'll have maybe an hour in the evening before you get home uh, or back to your lodge, and then it's uh, in for a wonderful food, uh, wonderful meal prepared by our chefs with some beautiful wine from the new wine list that we've just put together. So if that were to be a typical day at Shamwari, you've got two, two game drives, one in the evening, one in the morning, loads of activities, spa treatments, walks, stuff to do in between. Um, and then between that, just lots of amazing food and fantastic wine. And after that, I'm going to wet my lips with uh, a signature gin and tonic. So I hope that answers your question, Ian. <laughs> I'm glad you're, you're, you're doing what you're telling people, other people to do. Um, that's great. And I mean, and I can't wait to get back down to Shamwari to see the changes and see the evolution that's gone through it since I've been down there. So I'm looking forward to that once we're allowed to do that. Um, talking about the ranges a little bit uh, and the guides that are an incredibly important part of any safari, obviously. Can you tell us the training guidelines you follow for the rangers that guide our guests? Yeah, I have to say, Ian, um, obviously, again, I might be a bit biased, but I'll take it on the chin. Um, to me, the rangers at Shamwari, apart from the wonderful food and world-class hospitality, I think the rangers make it a unique experience. Um, a lot of the rangers that have been here have been here for quite a long time. Um, and I think that's a real testament to the conservation story that we've created. Um, we started off as a very small reserve of a couple of thousand hectares 30 years ago, and now we've grown to almost uh, close to 25, 30,000 hectares. So it's a big reserve with a lot of diversity, 
of landscape, fauna, flora, and wildlife. So it's, it's a very prized reserve for rangers to work in. So that's the first point. The second point is, as our head ranger, Andrew Kearney, is a real stickler when it comes to training and development. And uh, he takes it very, very personally, and that's one of his major drivers. So obviously, all of our guides have got the Field Guide Association of South Africa, FAGASA, I think I've got that right. I've got those accreditations. Um, and there's obviously different levels of accreditation. Um, but what we're trying to uh, achieve is creating a team of guides that have got a, a basket of higher skills and qualifications. So if that means you've been certified that you can then do a, bush, a guided bushwalk on foot, because as a junior ranger, you can't just do that. Or as a junior field guide, uh, you can't just decide to put a rifle on your back and take guests for a walk. Um, that takes a lot of training and skill and experience. So he spends a lot of time on that because that's one of the most unique experiences that we offer our guests at Chamwari. Over and above that, we then um, have a variety of different specialist guides. So we've got one guide, or a few guides actually, that specialize in bird life. Obviously, we've got a rich variety of bird life within the reserve. Over and above that, tracking is a very, very big thing. So there's uh, four levels of tracking. Um, I think uh, the highest level of which is a level four. So I think we, amongst our team, we've got three, possibly four guides, uh, rangers that have got a level four tracking. Um, and then you've got other, uh, other uh, certifications and qualifications, whether it's astronomy, whether it's fauna, um, whether it's different grasses. Um, we've got one of our rangers who's doing uh, her PhD on, on the brown hyena. So training, development, um, upskilling and creating a, a team of guides that have got a high degree of specialist skills is something that really drives our head ranger, Andrew. Um, and it's something that he's very, very well known and respected for. I love to hear all that because that's exactly um, what we tell our clients they're going to expect when they go to these uh, camps and lodges like yourselves that the, yeah. the level of service and the attention to detail and the knowledge that they're going to receive is second to none. I'm glad you brought up birding as well because it's something that doesn't always get spoken about on game drives, but the birding is so plentiful in Shamwari and I'm yeah. glad that you've got rangers who really showcase that because we've got quite a few birders who are clients who want to go down there, particularly people who are revisiting South Africa for a second, third and fourth time uh, yeah. that they're really getting into the birds. Um, let's just talk about conservation. I know you spoke about it. You brought, brought up the the Born Free Big Cat Sanctuary and the Wildlife Re Rehabilitation Centre. Can you explain a little bit more because, you know, to me, conservation goes hand in hand with most safari lodges in Africa, but some take it to another level, as we've heard on other podcasts, and in particularly with Shamwari, it does as well. So perhaps you can elaborate a little bit on those two centres that you have going and, and also the interaction that the guests have with them. Yeah. Ian, yeah, I, I think for me, I think that was one of the biggest hooks where I found, found my passion and my purpose um, in joining the Shamwari team because the conservation story um, of Shamwari is probably one of the most successful, celebrated conservation stories on the African continent. Um, we started uh, just, just under 30 years ago with a very, very small piece of land. But the long story short is over 30 years, we have reintroduced all of the wildlife that was originally here, but wiped out by the farmers and people that moved here and 
destroyed that environment for the purposes of farming. Uh, so 30 years ago, the vision was to take a piece of land, grow it over the period of 30 years, which we've done substantially now up to 25, just over 25,000 hectares. But more importantly, reintroduce all of that wildlife that was here, that as humans, we uh, eliminated. Um, so if I fast forward from the 30 years ago to now, uh, we're very proud of the fact that we've got, uh, we offer a big five experience. Uh, we've got healthy populations of elephants, uh, buffalo, lion. Uh, we have got, we've had wonderful sightings of leopard um, and we've got a, a very, very healthy rhino population, both black and white. So that in itself, I think, is a real testament um, to the work that's been done. Over and above that, we've, re, we've reintroduced um, things like the, the red oxpecker, uh, which had been all but made extinct in this part of, the, the, of South Africa, because obviously um, the farmers used to spray their crops, that poisoned the birds, and they all died. So one of the species that we reintroduced into the area was the red oxpecker. Um, that was another successful story. Obviously, it hasn't always been successful. We tried to reintroduce wild dog, um, but we realized that the land, the track of land that we have is just not big enough. Um, but regardless, if you look at the work that has been done in terms of uh, reintroducing this wildlife um, and then managing and developing healthy herd of whether it's giraffe, antelope, I mean, we've got up to 18, 20 different species of, uh, of antelope. We've got the big five. Um, we mentioned bird life earlier, Ian. We've got over 300 species of bird um, that have been spotted within the reserve. So I think all of that, um, we're very proud of the conservation story. I mean, our tagline for Shamwari is uh, preserving a vanishing way of life. And that's the whole purpose of Shamwari is to create an environment for the wildlife that was always here that we as man destroyed and reintroduce that and create a natural habitat for that wildlife that existed long before we did. So I think that's the first most important element. Um, but where I think uh, we take it to a whole new level, uh, and I think, Ian, where we, this COVID uh, crisis that we're all facing, that to me um, really highlights the importance of Shamwari in terms of, of the story and the contribution that we make. And what I mean by that is um, we support two small communities, um, a town about 10, 15 minutes that way, uh, Patterson, where a lot of our staff live and work, and then in the north of the reserve in Alistale. And if I look at um, the work and the employment and the jobs that Shamwari has created, I think uh, that to me is an even more successful case study of the power of tourism and the power of uh, conservation and how it has the ability to provide life, jobs and livelihoods to literally hundreds of families. Um, all of which unfortunately now are suffering, suffering because of this uh, lockdown that we're all going through. But in terms of the conservation story, we're very proud of the work we've done here on the reserve. And we're extremely proud of the contribution that we make to the people of Patterson and Alistale. That's great news. And I mean, it's, to me, it's just going way above and beyond what has to happen. And it just makes it better for people when they come down to share that experience and, and learn. And, and they're very interested in learning about the experience you've done over the last 30 years. Talking about families, and we touched on it a little bit earlier with multi-generational families traveling. And, and I think after the crisis, there's gonna be more and more. 
Many of your lodges are kid-friendly, as are the game drives and activities. Tell us more about the Riverdean Adventure Camp 